0: Hello and welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Community Development Institute podcast. If you're new to the podcast, my name is Shelby Fiegel, director of the Center for Community and Economic Development at the University of Central Arkansas.
1: And I'm Will Gloster, graduate assistant for CCED.
0: On the CDI podcast, we highlight a variety of guests and their organizations from across the state. And this week, we're lucky to have one of our partners from the Winthrop Rockefeller Institute with us. James Hopper is the Director of Programs for WRI. James, I could read off your bio for everyone, but we'd like to hear about you straight from your mouth. Can you share with us your background and how you ended up where you are today?
2: Yeah, sure thing. Happy to be here, happy to um, get to talk with everybody, and I'll try to be as brief as possible. Um, I actually am not an Arkansas native, so try not to hold that against me. I grew up in uh, Fort Worth, Texas, and uh, You know, did all the normal uh, things that you'd expect in Texas, played football, was in the marching band, all that kind of stuff, and um, ended up coming to Harding University for my undergraduate, and that was the first time that I'd really ever been in Arkansas, and it's uh, grown on me ever since. Um, Went to Harding, um, graduated with a degree in psychology, and, you know, naturally made that transition to uh, restaurant management with that uh, psychology bachelor's degree. So, um, floated around Arkansas and managed some restaurants for a few years and decided to go back to grad school um, at a little school called UCA, which is uh, near and dear to your hearts. so go Bears. um, And got a master's in school psychology um, from UCA. Ended up um, moving with the wife out to Reno, Nevada and working in California in the Federal Bureau of Prisons as an educational specialist and spent some time, you know, far out west kind of uh, getting away from all of the family and, you know, spreading our wings just a little bit and promptly moved right back to Arkansas. And uh, the wife began working a job here at the state police. And I started work at um, EAST, which is a homegrown Arkansas institution. I started in Little Greenbrier, Arkansas. So um, our neighbors to the north, for those of us that in Conway, and um, was hired initially to be a, a STEM coordinator and to do special projects and manage all of that stuff. And finished my time there as their director of development, so doing all the fundraising, grant writing, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, it was really at East that I began getting plugged in to Arkansas as a whole, um, getting to work in a lot of the different communities and form partnerships, especially with my time as STEM coordinator and special projects coordinator began working with a lot of nonprofits and um you know city and um local governments and things like that trying to help the kids as they were doing service learning projects you know find partners and find people that needed their help um and then in february i uh, left east and took the job at the windsor Rockefeller Institute as their director of programs so um, i have been there for about a month and then COVID hit. So it's been quite the um, onboarding experience. Uh, I've spent a lot of time on Zoom meetings, which is actually how we're recording this podcast right now. Um, But it's really been a great, um, it's been a great transition process, even though it has been more virtual than we originally anticipated. So um, I lead a team of um, four awesome people there and um, have a great staff up there too. Um, continue to, you know, support the work that the Institute does. So I'm excited to be
1: there. Thanks, James. Many of our guests may have heard about the Winthrop Rockefeller Institute, but they might not be aware of everything that you guys do there. Can you share some more detailed information about the programs and services you offer?
2: Yeah, sure thing. Um, You know, we have a variety
1: of programs um, coming up
2: um, and ones that are just in the works that are kind of in those early stages of development. We have a rural workforce development program that's coming up or in partnership with the USDA, uh, Steve Mosier, and then the University of Arkansas Community College at Moralton. Um, We did our first ever one last year and we'll be doing another one of those um, this year, hopefully in person, but we do have some plans to turn that virtual if we need to. Um, We have our, um, probably our longest running program called Uncommon Communities which um, works with a cohort of communities over a couple of years, to provide training and support, and you know, basically just community development assistance and helping them take on projects and get the ball rolling. Um, very much dovetails with what the CDI does. We have programs in rural health, um, a research collaborative between the University of Arkansas Fayetteville campus and then University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences here in Little Rock, um, and we're trying to help their researchers begin um, doing more collaboration and uh, breaking down some of those barriers that exist from a you know, three-and-a-half or four-hour drive, depending on who's doing the driving, I suppose. Um, but in general, I'd say that we have three types of services, and embedded in each of those is that we want to keep the legacy of Governor Rockefeller at the forefront of all of Um, The first and probably the thing that is the easiest to access for all of your listeners is we have a fantastic conference center. Um, We invite conference groups up to the Institute all the time. Obviously, right now during COVID, there's some additional challenges, but we are still hosting groups. Um, We're fortunate to have some very large spaces, which normally could hold 240 people, but in this time with six foot social distancing, is significantly less than that. But we'd still love to have you come up. Um, and whether it's a large group of two hundred, probably a few months in the future, or a small board meeting or something like that, we would love to have you. You know, come up to the institute, um, let us cook some amazing food and feed you lots of desserts, and we have a full bar and you know all of the stuff that you would need to have. So um, we have conference services for all of those types of things. Um, all of the programs that I mentioned. To Earlier, we call those convenings um, where we bring groups together um, and the institute program staff will work usually with a partner or two and focus on a major issue that's um, of kind of major importance at that time. So rural health, rural health care is a great example or, um, you know, helping small rural communities in Arkansas um, begin working together and learning from each other but you get a lot of support from the program staff to make sure that those meetings actually matter. So to us, a convening is simply that, it's a meeting that matters, and the program staff will work on doing some inspiration, some education, um, fostering collaboration between all of our different partners, you know, serving as project managers in between the meetings to make sure that balls don't get dropped um, as they're likely to do sometimes in between the different um, meetings that we may have on one topic, and things like that. We do a lot of grant writing and uh, seeking out experts that may be able to come and talk um, on our topic and things like that as well. Um, and then I guess the last real um, service that we provide is a lot of training and the training is more designed instead of those convenings which may take place with similar people over two to three years the training is more of a one-shot let's provide a service let's train you in um you know speaking with one another and having open uh, civil discourse and things like that but we have a variety of partners and programs there um, we work with the kettering foundation and their national issues forums uh, the Clinton School of Public Service to um, teach people how to discuss sensitive topics, um, you know, things like police reform, um, government um, division, food insecurity, things like that, but to help people learn about um, topics that are in the news and learn how to actually discuss them in a meaningful way with people that have differences of opinion. We have a program called Beyond Civility, um, which actually started off as a program for legislators to teach them how to um, have some civil discourse with each other and has actually uh, morphed, thanks to the support of several different uh, legislators and former legislators, uh, Charlotte, William, or Charlotte uh, Douglas, chiefly among them probably, to uh, be training for educators and for young people throughout the state. So we're going to be doing a lot more of that in this coming year, but we're also happy to do that with other groups as well. Um, And then we have a couple of other programs, uh, Tools for Respectful Dialogue and Walks with the Governor. Um, Those are kind of leadership development experiences um, that will have combinations of team building, you know, some personal reflection, dialogue exercises, introduction to who Governor Rockefeller was, um, and then help participants, you know, put together the tools that they're going to need to hold better meetings themselves and to foster collaboration between them and things like that so basically um, we just want to work with other people and help them achieve their goals and whether that's a conference um, a convening that we partner with you to have or a training session we're happy to work with you so reach out follow us on
0: facebook yeah, James. I'll say that you know I'm so glad that you gave that overview because I learned a lot. I've been very familiar with the uh, your organization for many years, and um, I learned I learned a lot of new, uh, new things about the programming that you offer. Um, And I will personally attest and say that your food is delicious at the (laughs) Institute. So definitely, um, besides all the expertise that you and your staff bring, that is a little cherry on top of uh, what you can provide. And um, I was so happy to hear about the civil discourse um, training sessions that you provide, because I think that is a topic that is so top of mind Um, especially in the environment that we're in now um, where we see a lot of division and we need to learn how to kind of come together and have hard conversations with one another um, in a very respectful way um, and kind of move the needle on those um, issues that we're facing. Um, And probably
2: something that you do and spend a lot of time on during the CDI program as well, right?
0: Yes, it is something that we're definitely um, going to even dive deeper into um, for our team, because we recognize that is such a need in the state. But yes, definitely something that uh, we are very aware of and uh, teach through CDI and our other training programs. And uh, you kind of already touched on this a little bit, but um, you mentioned that, you know, the Winthrop Rockefeller Institute follows Governor Winthrop Rockefeller's collaborative approach to creating transformational change within our communities. What are some steps that you think community leaders can take to start that process? I mean, transformational change is a big word, but what are some um, kind of first steps you think communities can take to create that change in their community?
2: I really think that you know, it's an aspirational goal for sure. You know, the transformational change—that's a it's a moonshot. Um, and you know, if you look back at the history of Governor Rockefeller, even with virtually unlimited financial resources, he still didn't just throw the money at the problem. What he did was he created a coalition of people to work together towards the topic. And a lot of times he ended up being the main funder for it, but he needed some blood, sweat and equity that way from other people to actually have an impact. You know, you have to have buy-in from, the constituents from the people that live in that community for something to really happen and you know for us that are looking to have some have a chance at transformational change in your community i really think you have to start with those easier smaller steps at the very beginning make sure you get those correct before you start moving on to the next levels Um, you know to me it really starts by just talking with others Um, learning from others that have been in your community and learning what has worked, learning what hasn't worked, um, learn about the challenges, learn about the opportunities, you know, and just learn a little bit and then stepping outside of that community and do the same with some other communities, you know, find some that are experiencing some success and go and talk to some of the leaders there, talk to them about how they got started and just learn from others that are, you know, motivated to do similar work. And then, to me, really, the next piece is that you just go out, get a small team together and do something. And I just mean anything. doesn't matter if it's picking up trash on the side of the road or if it's, um, you, know, painting a, um, you know, painting over some graffiti, you know, starting up a town mural, something like that. But find something that you can go out and physically work on together with your community. And make sure that you invite everybody to it. You know, don't keep it where it's just you and one or two other friends. Invite everybody. If only two or three of you show up, that's okay. Begin, you know, working towards something. Um, you know, I really think that in my past um, professional life at East, you know, the focus there was all about service learning and you know, challenging the kids to help others and to begin that. Um, civic engagement. and kind of get its hooks in them and get them excited about helping others. Um, That's how a lot of us have ended up in the career paths that we have. You get excited about helping others. It feels good. And you learn so much around along the way. You know, in the communities, helping that local nonprofit group, helping your community as a whole, it's contagious. And even though it may be a small group of you starting out, we would like to grow that you know and start bringing other people in you know once you get a little bit of that momentum built up, I think that's when you start looking externally for some additional help you know maybe that's uh sending somebody to cdi or um, doing a book club even you know on the cheap end right I mean it's not too hard to get a book club started go down to the library right that your community hopefully has. Um, You know, maybe bring in a consultant, maybe a speaker, maybe attend a conference or something like that. But again, looking for kind of resources externally. And I think probably the most important thing is to just not stop, to just keep um, moving and don't let that momentum die. Um, You know, obstacles are going to come up. Um, I know a lot of community development programs, Uncommon's one of them that Covid has uh, was definitely not on anyone's radar um, as far as putting the brakes on a lot of the projects that have been happening throughout the state. But we're finding ways to meet virtually. We're finding ways to use Zoom. Um, you know, we're discovering some issues too, especially in rural Arkansas. Sometimes there's not enough bandwidth to effectively have Zoom meetings, and maybe this is a way to identify that as one of those challenges for a community. Begin. Developing some solutions to uh, reach out to the internet service providers to get some of that those issues fixed for the kids and for the adults too so um, there's some opportunities but there are going to be things that get in your way and just keep going
1: and so unfortunately CDI 2020 it was an a program a training program that was canceled due to the pandemic and you were gonna be part of our year one class uh, we hope that you join us next year for cdi twenty twenty one but what were you most looking forward to at cdi, and are there any programs you want to promote that WRI hosts for leaders uh, and can you also speak on why you would encourage community leaders to engage in development and leadership training programs and community and economic development?
2: Yeah, certainly I, one of the things that I was excited about um, you know coming to cdi 2020 is that two weekends ago, my wife and I just moved back to Conway. And, um, you know, we've been living in Searcy for the last few years and uh, made the move so that she could go to work down at, um, in Little Rock and I could make the trek up to the top of the mountain and it would kind of be a little bit of an easier drive. But I was really excited about getting more involved in the city of Conway and using this as kind of a springboard to, you know, get myself engaged and get Tony, my wife, Tony, engaged as well. Um, and I've heard so many good things. Um, the Institute has had several people that have attended CBI training in the past. So I was excited about that being one of my first, uh, you know, professional development experiences for me during my time at the Institute. Um, and I am definitely going to be there next year. So you can't get rid of me. I think I may have already completed the application actually. So, um, you should definitely sign up if you are considering. Um, but beyond that, you know, I think the benefit to CDI and you know similar programs like that is that it teaches you skills that are transferable. You know if you have a leadership development program it's not only going to help you be a leader in your church or in your community or in your job those skills will transfer across your life you know and be able to be used by you to have an impact throughout your professional and home life and civic life and everything else. Um, You know, each one of us already has skills and abilities that that are developed, I think, you know, by the jobs that we work, by the education that we receive, you know, everything from K through 12 school and, you know, time in East and um, then in college fraternities and sororities and everything else that you may or may not have been involved in, we learn from that. And normally, we're expected to take those skills and use them for civic engagement and it's not necessarily a perfect fit but you know you you have some ability in project management or whatever maybe your civic teams can use some of that the cool thing about cdi was that it was going to be specifically focused on those civic skills and learning about how to work effectively in your community and that was unique compared to all the other trainings that i've ever really been a part of so I was definitely looking forward to that, Um, but there's always next year, right? And we can keep learning independently um, between now and then. And there are other programs that I think we can take advantage of too. Um, From the Institute side of things, the easiest way would probably be to just follow us on Facebook and visit our website to learn about upcoming um, big programs that we're doing, sort of like the rural health and things like that. But all of those training sessions that we discussed before the leadership development trainings, the walks with the governor, um, tools for respectful dialogue, um, you know, we're happy to even bring that off the mountain and bring that out to you and to your team. Um, So whether it's a board meeting or whether it's a, you know, group of uh, teenagers or a group of adults, whatever the case may be, we'd love to help you, um, you know, learn a little bit more about yourselves, learn how to have respectful dialogue, learn how to have meetings that matter, do some meeting design training and do some facilitation training with you as well. So um, we're happy to help and excited to get to know each of you.
0: Yeah, so James, I think a a lot of what you said very much aligns with um, everything that we strive for at the center Um, and we're so thankful that, uh, we have you all as a partner, and we have so many other partners across the state that are involved in community and economic development, and we can build upon the work that each one of us does and have these great conversations with each other um, about how we can assist the communities throughout Arkansas Um, and it's been a really wonderful conversation I know for me personally and for our listeners to learn more about WRI um, and how everyone can connect to you on top of Petty Jean Mountain I love I love uh, the the trek up to the mountain uh, kind of visual in my head um, we just want to say thank you for being on the podcast this afternoon. We really get, uh, enjoyed getting to know you and about WRI. Um, and you and the WRI team are, you know, driving transformational work throughout the state. Um, and we just want to say thank you for taking time out of your day to be with us this afternoon.
2: Thanks for having me. It was a great time. And we'll have to do it again soon, hopefully in person next time.
0: Yes. hope Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, James. <laughs>
1: On upcoming episodes, the CDI podcast will feature CDI graduates and participants, community partners, and community and economic development experts from across Arkansas and the Mid-South. We hope you join us next week on the CDI podcast.